Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. You see, love is an act of the will, and love is obedience, and love is sacrifice. It is. And are you willing to love in this way since it was demonstrated to you by Jesus and his sacrifice toward you? It's going to require a deep examination, isn't it, and determination on our behalf that we would love not in word but in tongue, but not in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And, I, I, and you know what? I'm learning this. I'm learning this because i, I got a lot of learning to do. I got a lot of things to, to learn and to unlearn. But I'm also, I understand that this kind of love is going to take me out of my comfort zone. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio with Pastor Rob Kellogg. A Christian who doesn't love God or keep his commandments is of little effective use in the body of Christ. This is true even though he or she might be involved in many ministries and hold an official position of service in the church. When our love and obedience for God grows cold, we don't only harm ourselves, we harm our brothers and sisters also. The damage is done at the very least because we are slowing down the spiritual progress of God's people. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. God must love his brother also. It's interesting in, 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 the, in the verse that we just looked at in Luke chapter 10, you remember in verse 27, the, the lawyer said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And then he adds something, because in Deuteronomy chapter 6, this section, and your neighbor as yourself, is not listed there. It's not there. But Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, remember, on a different situation, a lawyer asked him a question, testing him, and said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And notice what Jesus said. He takes the Old Testament scripture, the Deuteronomy chapter 6, and he adds to it. And it's so wonderful. And he says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. All the law and the prophets can really be summed up in loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. Because believe me, you love yourself. You dressed yourself this morning. You put something nice on. You washed it. You cleansed it. You fed it. You fed the body. And some of you, except for the men, dressed it up a little bit, put on a little foundation on it. We love ourselves, and we're supposed to love others as much as we love ourselves. So in 1 John chapter 5, he goes on, he says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. You know, I love this because uh, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. This, 
We're going to look at this in just a second. In, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 23, we, we saw this verse earlier, but it says, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. And he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You see, it's a package deal. It's not some people would say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in this Jesus. Well, the Bible clearly says that if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father either. So you can't just say, well, I'm a worshiper of God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, God has given Jesus as the only means of salvation. You reject that salvation, and there's no hope for you. You either have him, if you have Christ, you have the Father also. But if you, if you just say, well, I love the Father, but I could care less about Jesus, guess what? <laughs> It doesn't bode well for you. You get both. If you get Christ, because in him all the fullness dwells. In Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in his son Jesus Christ. And he is God's salvation. So when you reject that one salvation, there's no other hope. There's no other hope. But if you believe in Christ, then you have the Father also. Because the Father has testified that this is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world, equal with God the Father, equal with God the Spirit. They are inseparable. They are all one. They are not three. But see, it all revolves around Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Because remember, at this time in history, the Gnostics were very much in full swing and deception and... um, uh, heresy was running rampant. And so John is, 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 is trying to nail these things right to the cross. He said, beware lest anyone, even Paul said this in Colossians, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according what? To the tradition of men. Tradition of God or the tradition of men? Which are you going to choose? Are you going to choose God's way or man's way? It's a decision you have to make today. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. It says in verse 9, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? This word born in this verse is ganeo. It's a Greek word which can mean born like every one of us was born from our mother. We came out from the womb, every one of us, I think, right? Is there anybody who hasn't come out from the womb? No, we've all come. But it can also mean born, metaphorically, born as a child of God. And that can only happen when we receive the Spirit of God in us. And that's really what it means. And this phrase, born of God, occurs several times in this first letter of John's. It happens in John, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, chapter 4, verse 7, chapter 5, verse 1, chapter 5, verse 4. Chapter 5, verse 18, and even twice there, but it's referring to the new birth. It's referring to being born again. Born again. You remember in John chapter 3, let me just read it to you. I know you're familiar with this passage. But Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus, he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, this is the same exact thing, Ganeo Anothen. Aren't you glad? I, I don't even know if that's right Greek pronunciation, but I think it is. But it's the same word. Born of God, born again, they're synonymous. They mean the same thing. It's the new birth. It's the Spirit of God in you. But Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, you very religious man, you know all the laws, you know all the rituals, you're a very religious man, looked up to by all of Israel, but you need to be born again because you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are. And later on in verse um, 5, 
He said, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We're all born out of water. Like I said before, when you were in your mother's womb, you were floating around in that little amniotic sac. You were born of water, but you need to be born again. You need to be born from the Spirit because we were born with a nature that is opposed and separated from God because of sin in our inherent nature. And it goes all the way back to the garden. We inherited that sin nature. And it doesn't take very long for that to be proven out when you have a young child, when you have a baby. I'll never forget my, our daughter when she was real little. She didn't even know. I'm so glad she's not in the room. But I'll hear, I'm sure she'll tell me about it later. Someone told me that you talked about me. <laughs> she won't say it like that, though. She's very nice, very kind. She's a loving daughter. She's really sweet and wonderful. Trying to, you know. But it didn't take long for us to realize that selfishness and greed is already in there. Before she can even speak a word or even know that we're her parents, she's already holding stuff. Even before the word comes out, the attitude is there. It's like, where did that come from? Was that learned behavior? Did she see me do that? No, she didn't see. I mean, she could have, but she probably didn't. It's already in there. The nature is just selfish. It's, It's full of hate. It's full of... Self-preservation, I'm going to squash you so that I can elevate myself higher. That's what it's all about. That's why this idea of being born again or being born of God is so important. Let's go on to verse 2. He says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. See, if we love God and keep his commandments, we will be demonstrating God's love. By doing that very thing, we'll be demonstrating his love, not only for our fellow brothers and sisters and our family, but even toward the unbeliever. When they see us obeying God, they're going to see it. And this is why we have to have this vertical relationship squared away so that our horizontal relationships can be good. See, if we don't have this relationship between us and God solid and right, our horizontal relationships with our fellow man, family, is going to be a disaster. This has to be paramount. This has to be the most critical part because as a result of that, you can then love on the horizontal But if your relationship with God is a mess, chances are your relationship with your fellow man is going to be a mess as well. So how important is it for you to spend time with Jesus every morning? How important is it to spend time in prayer? So important because you know what? He is one that's that's given you the strength and the power, filling your, your heart with the words, giving you the strength and the power for what you have that day that you're not even aware of. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, and the, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. As a result of this, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Isn't that amazing? To lay down your life for your friend. You know, a real friend is someone you can trust. A real friend is going to be there with you when all the money is gone. You know, there's people who win these lotteries, and they they win several millions of dollars. You know, after taxes, they've got like $235 after taxes. All of a sudden, man, they've got a lot of friends. Wow, I didn't know I had this many friends. You know, you guys are really awesome. 
you know, I'm having a big steak dinner for all y'all tonight, so come on and join me. And boy, hey, we love you, man. We'll be right with you to the end, man. We're just so glad. And, and then all of a sudden, you, you squandered your money away, and you've got nothing. And all of a sudden, those friends are like, hey, you know, something came up, man. Can't make it. Can't make it. All of a sudden, the love goes, because there was no love to begin with. There was no real love to begin with. But a real friend... Well, be right there with you in the trenches. Be right with you on your knees as you're praying for something, something that's happening in your life that it's just tearing your soul apart. A real friend will get on their knees with you and say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be with you in this. Let's go out for coffee. Let's cry together. Let's, let's laugh together. Let's go through it. You need some help, I'll help you. That's what a real friend does. In verse 3, he says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. You see, love is an act of the will. And love is obedience. And love is sacrifice. It is. And are you willing to love in this way since it was demonstrated to you by Jesus and his sacrifice toward you? It's going to require a deep examination, isn't it? And determination on our behalf that we would love not in word but in tongue. But not in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And, I, I, and you know what? I'm learning this. I'm learning this because I, I got a lot of learning to do. I got a lot of things to, to learn and to unlearn. But I'm also, I understand that this kind of love is going to take me out of my comfort zone. And if you're willing to love like God has loved you, it's going to require you to, to get out of your comfort zone. It's going to challenge you to the core, and it's never going to be convenient. It's never going to be convenient. Thank God when it is, it's easy. But real love is difficult. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This word overcome, in, in this, in both the word overcomes and overcome in this verse is a Greek word, nikeo. It's where we get the word Nike. The word right before this is Nike. I, I mean, the, the, the word, um, there's a Greek word named Nike, and it comes, this word comes from that word. Nike means victory. It means um, uh, to prevail, to conquer. That's why when you see the hat and, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, with all the victory signs all over him, you know, he, he's a good golfer, you know. That's what that symbol means. Nike, it's Greek. It means victory. It means conqueror. And just like in here, it says, For whatever is born of God, whoever's born again, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. See, the faith in Christ that you have, no one can take away. And that is the thing that's going to get you through this life. You are more than a conqueror. Isn't it what it says in um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14? It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. There it is. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Going on in our text in verse 5, he says, Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? See, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and thus God in the flesh... That changes everything, doesn't it? It should change everything. And there's nothing in this world that should be able to wrestle that out of your heart. Do you know that you're more than a conqueror? Do you know that you're a child of God? Do you have faith in him? No one should be able to wrestle that out of your life. Because you know what? (laughs) Somebody told me for years about Jesus, and there came a moment, and this is the mystery of mysteries. This is the power of God in each of our lives. There came a moment when you finally just said, you know what, I believe this. I can't, I can't deny it. 
It's true. Everyone needs to come to that place. No one should be able to wrestle that out of your heart. He who, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Is there any other thing in the world that is greater than that, than him? There isn't. There's no religion. There's no uh, religious guru. There's no special formula that you can drink. There's no DVD set that you can buy on eBay that can somehow bring you closer and make you more like God and bring you into God-likeness. It's impossible. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what it says in Romans? He says to the Rum, he says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, no depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Aren't you glad? Love that. There's nothing that can separate you. In fact, in John chapter 10, it says, God holds you in the palm of his hand. The same one who created the, 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 the universe, and he holds it all in the span of his hand. He says, I hold you in my hand. No one can take you out of it. No one can take you out of it. If you're one of mine, believe me, you may go through tribulation, Not the great tribulation, but you may go through tribulation, difficulty in your life, because we all do. There's no one exempt from that. But no one's going to be able to take you out. I'm going to hold you. Even when you are hanging by a thread and you want to let go because your faith has come to an end and you're just like, Lord, I, I just, I can't, I don't even have the strength to believe anymore. He's like, I got you. Man, that kind of love changes you, doesn't it? It ought to. Changes me. And just reading this and talking about this, man, it's just tearing me up inside. It's so wonderful, isn't it? Love it. Verse 6, it says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. Now, these next few verses are are very difficult, Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, there's been a lot said about them, but I'll, I'll share with you what I believe, and I, I, I've been, you know, what this means. You can take it or leave it, because, uh, but I believe the Lord is in this. When it speaks of water, that, that Jesus came by water and blood, when it speaks of the water, it speaks of his baptism. He came, and he baptized. He allowed himself to be baptized. He who knew no sin was willing to be baptized to identify his self with us, fallen man. He, he went through the process. He went through the right. And John, he said, John, suffer this, allow this for now, for, it, 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 for us to fulfill all righteousness. We have to do this. Baptize me, John. And he did. And he also came by blood. And it's speaking of the crucifixion. You know, the blood of Jesus was the very blood of God. Now, this is really interesting. I just learned something new. And uh, maybe some doctors in the room will be able to corroborate this, but I believe this is the truth. There was not any blood line of, uh, from the line of Joseph in Jesus, meaning that we know that he came, that Joseph, his, his foster parent, really, uh, his, his, uh, his caretaker, he was from the line of Judah, and so was, so was Mary. But the blood in Christ, there was no bloodline. I mean, they came through that physical line, but the blood that was in Jesus was holy blood. And I just learned something, and maybe you can help me with this if this is true or not. But from what I understand, that the blood that flowed through the veins of Jesus while still in Mary's womb is his own blood and not his mother's. And not one drop of, it, of the blood passes from the mother to the child. 
So if that be the case, that means that if a, if a mother has some kind of blood uh, issue, that it's not going to contaminate the child. And so this blood that came, the blood, the very blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ, didn't have any hint of man in it at all. That's why his blood was so precious on the cross. I know that's interesting, isn't it? When you read about the birth of a, a mother and a, and a, and a, and a child, and the, there's, the, the blood is not mixed. They're separate. And if I'm wrong on that, let me know. But I heard that on pretty good authority. So it's true. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it makes sense, too. That's just the way God is. And that's why Jesus, when his, when his blood was on the cross, it wasn't so much the blood of Mary. It wasn't the, the blood of the line of Judah that got the job done. It was the holy blood of God because Ad, or Joseph had nothing to do with it. Mary had nothing to do with it, honestly, other than just being the shell to be the, 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 the tent that the, the Jesus was born through. But even her blood didn't mix. Jesus had holy blood. And that's why his blood is, here's a good word, efficacious for our sin. And no doubt, John wanted to put to rest a heresy that was going on in the first century. There was a gentleman by the name of Serinthus, uh, and he, had, he was circulating a false doctrine about the humanity of Jesus. And he contended that Jesus' that Jesus's spirit descended on the human Jesus at his baptism, but left him right before his crucifixion. But that's not what the Bible says. That's a heresy. He was fully God and fully man hanging on that cross. There was no, none of this nonsense that something left him before. No, he was fully God from the beginning to the ending. And when he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because he was forsaken by a holy God for a time. He was stricken, smitten, and afflicted. Going on to verse 6, this is he who came by water and blood. And notice at the end of that verse, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. In John chapter 15, it speaks of the Spirit of God because Jesus said, when the helper, when the paraclete comes, when this helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, he defines who this is, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. This is the idea of bear, bears witness in that phrase, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. That word bears witness is this very verse. He will testify, he will bear witness of me. It's the same word, and it, it means martyrio, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing. He's going to bear witness of it, he's going to utter it, he's going to give a testimony, he's going to be a witness of it. Verse 7 For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Remember, everyone knows the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Everybody knows that. But remember in the very first chapter of, of, of John's Gospel, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it said in verse 14 of John chapter 1, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, guess what? Right here it defines it for us in First John 5, verse 7. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, the Logos, this is who Jesus is. He is one. He is the, a part of the triune Godhead. He is equal. And also, the witness of the Father. There are three that witness in heaven. We see this in Matthew chapter 3, when John was baptizing Jesus. It says in Matthew 3, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized of him, 
And he says, are you willing to, uh, I need to be baptized of you. Are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said, permit it to be so now. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.